Hey everyone, I am super excited to announce a new online program, the Champion Sports Physical Therapy Mentorship. I've teamed up with Dan Pope and Dave Tilly to create this brand new 12-week mentorship program, and we're now opening it up to the very first cohort on June 10th. We hear all the time from people that they wish they had more mentoring and people they can learn from to help accelerate their careers. We're going to take you through all our foundations of sports physical therapy, including our clinical evaluation, working with non-operative and post-operative patients, building return to sport programs, and even learning advanced phase rehab and strength and conditioning principles for rehab professionals. In addition, we're going to have a bunch of case studies, a community, and live sessions to interact and ask us questions. We really can't wait. Check out the show notes to learn more and sign up today. The first cohort starts June 10th. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reinold Show, we talk about some of our strategies for conserving patient visits in a cash-based physical therapy model. The Ask Mike Reinold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back everybody to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're here answering your questions, PT, sports performance, fitness, career advice, anything you want to talk about. Head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and you ask the questions, we answer your questions. It's, it's amazing. Uh, I'm here with the crew from Champion PT and Performance today. We have Dave Tilly, Lisa Russell, Lenny McCrina, Dan Pope, Mike Scaduto, joined by, by no doubt, the best physical therapy student we've had all week, Trevor. Weeks we're, we're upon gonna... weeks upon weeks upon weeks of, of Trevor Lotion Claridge that um, we just adore, and he's just doing an amazing job with his Tiger Red. I like that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think, Trevor? Trevor, tell 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 everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, I go to PT school in Nashville from Southern Indiana, and uh, yeah, it's about it. I'm pretty boring. So. What's your favorite? <laughs> like, okay. What's your favorite casserole? Like, what do you like to eat for a casserole? Hash brown casserole. Hash brown. Yeah. I feel like any like cheese in there. Speechless. I feel like as all the therapists here, we all have different relationships with the students, right? Like I feel like we all learn a little bit something about them. I feel like Mike tends to learn the most nonsense about each <laughs> physical therapy student. <laughs> what is it that you talk about all day? I, I never, I never know what their future plans are. I never know what they're doing <laughs> after it, but I know just a little bit about their personal life. That's and right. Yeah. I, I use it to my advantage at times. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I know, now we know what to get you for your going away gift, Trevor. It's going to be a gigantic yeah. hash brown. <laughs> hash brown for McDonald's. Can't top that. <laughs> awesome. Trevor, what do we have for a question today? So Dominique from Phoenix, uh, with Champion being cash-based, how do you typically go about uh, scheduling visits with post-op patients such as an ACL reconstruction or rotator cuff repair where they will be there for many months. Are you going less visits initially when the focus is mostly with range of motion and then begin to ramp up as post-op restrictions ease up? 
Uh, solid questions, Dominic. I like it. It sounds like Dominic's starting to plan a little bit, has been working in the insurance model a little bit. So um, very good questions. I feel like most people have very similar questions with this. I, I would, I'm going to start it off with this and then let some of you guys jump in a little bit, maybe especially to the PTs that have transitioned from insurance to cash a little bit too, like how you guys manage this a little bit. But um, I, I would say the first thing is that don't assume you always have to, to manage visits. So here's my treatment approach, right? I consider myself an expert at my profession, right? I consider everybody on this Zoom and probably most of the people that are listening to this are experts at their profession, right? We went through a lot of schooling and education for that. I'm here to provide a service for you. When you come see me, I tell you exactly what I think you should do. You have to figure out if that's financially feasible for you or whatever. If you tell me you can't, right? Or like, oh, you know, you know, we can't, then we can, we can talk about a compromise. But I always start off with, here's what I think is best. And I actually, I always tell people like, I think this is like, let's, let's just say one time a week as an example, right? One time a week is probably not enough for you. Three times a week, to be honest with you, you probably don't need that much right now. Let's slot in at two times a week. That's like how I would start a conversation. And you, maybe you're having that for a duration conversation too. But let's start off with just saying is I want you to do what you think is best and let your patient population tell you if that's feasible financially for them. Realize that in a cash-based setting, you might be a PPO where they get reimbursement. They might have an HSA where they get a tax you know, rebate for this. Um, <clears throat> they may have a huge deductible and copay if they went elsewhere. So heck, they would have paid a thousand dollars anyway. You know what I mean? So like, I, I guess what I'm getting at is don't assume. That's the first thing you should do is do what you think's best. And then when you're having an issue with the person, then you talk about how to manage that. That being said, who wants to jump in? Dan, you want to jump in from your experience a little bit on how you manage this? Yeah, for sure. I guess I just wanted to say first, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to sell yourself a little bit. Um, I came from that insurance model and I'm just super frugal as a person. And I think that sometimes I don't value myself, you know, so I'm trying to go out and try to save these guys money before they even want to save money themselves, you know? But the other piece is that your cash base, because you're probably going to be a little bit better for that person, have more time, maybe you have more experience in that niche. You're probably going to do a better job. So I think it's okay to let them know that it's important to do physical therapy at a good place and it's their health, right? I think people undervalue their own health. Um, and it gets a little bit confusing when people pay insurance and they want to be able to use it. But at the end of the day, Health is very, very important. So I think it's it's good to, to let your patients know that and let them know they're probably going to have a better experience. Um, to touch on the point that uh, our reader, who was the, uh, the question asker? Dominic. Dominic was saying, do you do less visits up front? Um, I used to kind of think this way. Uh, I used to sometimes say, you know, if you want to do your early rehab with someone else, a couple of mentors of mine have told me that in the past. Um, you can do your rehab elsewhere and then come here towards the later stages. And that, that course can work, but you're just, you have to assume that the other place you're sending the person to is good, you know? Um, post-op knees, I know that was one example that you had uh, talked about. Uh, if you're not doing the right things early on and trying to maintain, let's say, as much quad as possible, doing things like BFR, making sure you're looking out for red flags, then they're not going to do particularly well. And we end up seeing a lot of those folks later on. And if they had good PT to start, they may not be in that same situation. So I agree with, with Mike, set the best possible plan of action for the patient and then let them make the decision because I think all stages of rehab are going to be really important. Yeah. And I, I kind of like what you said there. I like I, the concept too, let's say ACL reconstruction, which is one of the things that dominant asked, but, but even like, you know, rotator cuff repair or something like that, like 
I would, I, I almost think the opposite. I don't want them to get behind. I want them to be on pace. I want them to do a really good job at the beginning. I almost want to see more at the beginning and less towards the end. And then refer, when they get to the, like, the progressive loading phase, like, man, like that is something they can do a little bit easier on their own, or they can do in a supervised environment, or even just refer to like a gym-based setting or fitness professional that you collaborate with. I'd almost kind of flip that a little bit, but um, I don't know, good stuff. But um, let me see, Mike, do you have some thoughts? Yeah, I would say, you know, even in a cash-based setting, and even though we have direct access to PT in Massachusetts, oftentimes these people have a physical therapy prescription from their doctor that says two to three times a week for post-op care. So I think a lot of them are expecting to come in two to three times a week after they just had surgery. And then if you say, oh, no, I think you only need to come in once, like they kind of look at you like you're, they're a little bit confused. Um, so I think, you know, getting an idea of what their mindset is going in setting the expectation. And if they came to see you for their first post-op visit with a script from the doctor, assuming they're going to come in two to three times a week, and you think that's you know what they should be doing, then I think you should value yourself and not try to dissuade them or not try to talk them out of you know doing that just because it's maybe financially a little bit more expensive for them. I like it. What's up, Dave? Yeah, I just wrote a blog. I just wrote a blog post on this, and we kind of talked about this—not the cash-based aspect, but just the the um, how important the first six weeks are that, that Mike and, and Dan have mentioned. I think it's critical to set the tone for rehab, especially with a cuff or an ACL, like the big surgeries, where you need to get motion going and, and get them established and get their pain down. If you try to undercut them and only do once a week, um, you may set things up for. a a long road of trying to get their motion back and their pain under control. So I would front load them a little and then they see the value and they get their, they get their motion back and they start feeling good. So I definitely think uh, what we've said is, is critical to kind of flip your, your thoughts, Dom or Dominique, whatever their name is. Uh, yeah. Mike, did you have a little more? I know Dave wants well, to jump in. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Dave. <laughs> I felt like you guys were conversing. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Mine is just that like my two cents is what I've learned from Lenny and Mike and everybody else is like, we're very like, we're not uncomfortable having that conversation about time or money or finance and stuff like that. And I think that's the only time it becomes weird is when you're dancing on eggshells and you don't want to talk about it. And the person's asking you like, oh yeah, well maybe we could do this. But like, you just tell people straight up, like, you know, you know, Mike has said it before, but like, you know, we don't want to waste your time, nor your money. But like after surgery, you need, you know, that's, that's where my expertise is. You can't range your own arm. You have precautions and limitations and you don't know what motions might be irritating, what structures. And so those are really, really important, you know, barriers and things that people have is to, to not understand that. And I think that's where one of our biggest roles as PTs come in is one, the hands-on skills, but two is the education. Cause people are really like nervous. They're really scared about, you know, is this normal pain? Is this not, what can I do? What about the brace? What about this? Should I unlock it? And so I think like telling people upfront, like, Hey, like I don't want to waste your time and your money, but I think you really need me quite a bit on the, on the front end. And like Mike had just said, you know, as we get farther out, like you can work out on your own. You don't need to sit here and watch me do you, you know, a bunch of clamshells. Like you can do all this stuff on your own at home. Let me just use my expertise of creating a program for you at that point. And then we'll go once every week, once every other week or whatever else it is via, you know, email, Google docs, stuff like that. Yeah, but they they had to like earn the right to go once a week right. or every other week, right? right? It's like, again, almost the opposite. Think about it too. I think like we underestimate, we're just like, ah, it's isometrics and passive range. Like that's easy, right? But that's probably the time frame where their head is spinning, right? Mm-hmm. They they were, you know, they woke up and they were hungry one morning. They're like, uh-oh, did my surgery fail, right? Like, I mean, we have we yeah. deal with like so much aspects of like, like the mental side of that. They have so many questions at the beginning, so many things that we take for granted that that i think just being with us helps settle them down quite a bit so uh and what do you think, also Lisa? just access just i was gonna say just access to us too sorry uh, just like 
for us, I know all of us, we are text message available. So like if somebody, once we get them in and we know what they present like in their surgery and their personality, they can text me on a Saturday or a Sunday and people do, they don't abuse it. But like if something's wrong and they feel like something's wrong, I have to kind of talk them through it. So that access I think is critical too. And people appreciate that. I think that's part of the value add that we provide. Sorry, go ahead, Lisa. No, I mean, I was just going to say like, I, I feel like I am still learning all of these things. You know, I feel like this has been a hard thing for me. And granted, I don't have a ton of like immediate post-op people at the moment, but it, I, this is definitely a hard piece of transitioning into cash, just understanding everything that we've already talked about. Um, and, you know, I feel like I always default to you all when I don't totally know exactly with a particular person, like what frequency I'll be like, Hey, what would you do? And like, it's, you know, it's just been very helpful to be able to do that. Um, yeah. So, re- so reach out, right. Maybe Dominic, like you, you get some other people to help. Hopefully this episode helped, right. A little bit like to give you a little bit more, but like, I think that's good advice from Lisa's is, you know, try to try to have a network of some peers or something, or some mentors that can help you answer those questions. Uh, the transition to cash is, is weird. We've all been through it. We've all, you know, everybody on this podcast has been through it and we've all struggled with something, right. We struggled with lots of aspects of that and, 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 and it takes time, but over time you'll realize, wow, like, I'm delivering an exceptional value that people really want and people really, uh, you know, expect, I think that's great. So, um, so keep that in mind. I think that's the goal. Remember they're hiring you. Think of that, Dominic, they're hiring you to fulfill their functional goals, right? Just lay out a plan that you think is going to do that as quickly as safely and possible as possible. And, and that's what they're paying you for. Right. And then let them figure it out. If they have restrictions, then you start trying to manage that, but don't assume. I think that's a great synopsis of this episode. So awesome. Great question, Dominic. Good luck with your transition. If that's what you're about to do. If you have questions like that, again, head to micron.com, click on the podcast link, fill up the form, and we will answer away. We love getting all these amazing questions from you guys. So thank you so much for that. Head to Spotify, Apple Podcast, rate, review, subscribe, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to micron.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.